Thomas Malone. Ian shares copious knowledge in chapter two of the academic work Exploring Star Trek Voyager. So the Voyager book is an academic book. I think the tentative title is Voyager, an edited collection, but I'm not I only contributed a chapter to it, so I'm not really involved in the editorial capacity beyond my own, and I haven't done any... uh, The way academic books work is uh, a bit different than more mainstream fictional ones. An editor compiles it, and then they pretty much deal with it, but uh, McFarland Publisher Publishing is putting it out. But I did a chapter on The Doctor, who is maybe my all-time favorite Star Trek character. Mm. I really liked him. Yeah. Wanted to talk about the humanity of te- the humanity and technology because they do so many great episodes focusing on his humanity or lack thereof and that kind of murky water in between. And I wanted to do a chapter that really explored all the ways that the show sort of really wanted to look like it was answering that question, and then at every step were sort of purposefully sidestepping it. And if you look at a lot of the way that human rights works and go ahead and uh, describe for the audience a little bit about the the background like who's this doctor why is he different and because you're touching on on these points that uh, yeah oh yes every star trek show has some kind of medical person you know mccoy beverly crusher bashir so the doctor is voyager's medical chief medical officer but he's not a human because when voyager's ship when voyager and the maquis ship got pushed into the delta quadrant they lost their they lost a lot of their crew but they lost all of their medical people so the emh the emergency medical hologram was activated never intending to serve in a long-term capacity but they ended up having him for the course of the show and he evolves a lot as a character Mm -hmm. originally he can't leave for the first two seasons he can't leave the um he can't leave medical bay bay. yeah sick bay then eventually he gets his mobile emitter and his personality develops. And he's really, in terms of growth in a Star Trek character, I think it's hard to find that many who started off and then ended up as, as sort of just sort of polar op- opposites in many. Although he was always kind of snarky, but yeah. there's just so much growth over the course of the seven seasons, and he was a lot of fun. And they, I think Voyagers, some of their best episodes are when they stop to sit down and really get to the heart of what's this guy's deal is he even a person do we even you know do we as people even want to go down that road and then it, it, it gives you you know it's we look at a lot of star trek and a lot of the issues seem s- sort of distant from what we have now but in terms of we're on the sort of precipice of needing to ask these questions about ai mm-hmm. like there's there's a computer program in japan that wrote a novel that's competing for awards. Really? I didn't know that. It's basically, there's an episode of, in the seventh season of Voyager called Author, Author, where he writes a hollow novel and it gets stolen and he sues for the (laughs) rights to it. And I'm sort of thinking that, 
you, you know, we're, we're kind of at that problem already. And one, one thing that made me think about the doctor a lot, I think it was two years ago, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, he debuted, he has his home AI, I guess is something that rich people are really obsessed with. I, oh, I don't you know. use a Alexa or a, any of those things, but he has Morgan Freeman doing his personal <laughs> AI. And nice. I, I think to myself, suppose in five or 10 years, AI becomes sentient and grows a personality. Supposing this Morgan Freeman AI wants to start doing voice work of its own <laughs> and people start hiring the Morgan Freeman AI to, you know, voice a cartoon or something or to come on podcasts. Right. What, like, where's the, you know, our, our law, our legal system doesn't have, doesn't know what to do with that. Right. And we need to, eventually, you know, we're not really at that exact point yet, but if computer programs are writing novels and stuff and people are liking them, we, we sort of need to figure out, are, is this a real thing or is it owned by something? It, it's, it's really, it's a, it's murky territory. So like Morgan Freeman, for example, would have dispute with, with, with somebody voice acting with his voice. He'd, he'd feel like he's one of his contributions to society is being uh, attacked or somebody's moving his cheese, if you want to put it in an economic sense. For example, we can think about the uh, Actors Guild and, uh, you know, Star Wars is using more and more artificial uh, characters as well or artificial actors. Um, if we get really good at that, uh, the humans who are getting paid to do acting are going to have some pressure from the artificial intelligence community, if you will. Right. And we just, we don't know, AI hasn't reached a point yet where people would seriously need to consider the rights of a, no, there's no AI screen guild, your computer can't sue you if you leave it on for 10 hours. But people always talk about the Terminator type scenario. What happens when the machines take over? Right. Well, what happens if we stop the machines and they're still at that point and they start to have feelings and all of that. And that's a that's a topic. What you know, whether the doctor was a person or not is something that came up a few times over the course of Voyager. And every time it came up, no, people really didn't want to answer the question. They didn't really want to go there because <laughs> I don't think anybody was really sure. Uh, There's even one point where Jane Way. So Kess, uh, one of the original characters on Voyager who left after the fourth season in seven of nine, who kind of took her place. They both have a talk with Janeway about it, and in the with the I think it's the episode Latent Image. Uh, Janeway says to Seven, "Let's debate philosophy another time." Huh. Okay. And it, it, it's, it's philosophical, but we're not that far away from needing to have that discussion. And I don't know where it's going to go. I don't mean to say that a Japanese program that writes a novel should, you know, replace living authors but if we're going to do that we need to do it in a way that's consistent and you know the term humane mean it doesn't always necessarily apply to humans but when you create something you do bear some sort of responsibility that's, i mean that's a topic that a lot of sci-fi likes to cover even uh, yeah. the second avengers movie with ultron the age of ultron basically a similar situation tony's tony stark's whole uh, character arc since that has been really based on grappling with what he essentially his offspring right he doesn't actually have an actual child he's got that that's his legacy yeah yeah i'm trying to remember the name of that uh machine vision and ultron oh jarvis jarvis thank you yes yes jarvis becomes a uh, more than just his butler right you can 
if you have one of those Alexa machines, you can say, Alexa, play this, and it does that, and it's just kind of an automated thing. But uh, when it starts being able to respond in a sophisticated way, you know, we're not that far away from that. Technology moves in weird ways. It's kind of funny when you watch The Next Generation, it's, they say, oh, this is supposed to be the year 2400, and they didn't really grasp the idea of cell phone. Our technology is in a lot of ways better than the technology on uh, The Next Generation. True. Nice transport stuff. True. But yeah. so I, there's, there's a term for sort of how I, I, the, a lot of the 90s syndicated shows, the fantasy and science fiction shows I always loved, but partially because they have the sort of ultra low budget, but you look at that and say, oh, that's the way they thought the future was going to hold, was going to plan out. I mean, Blade Runner kind of did that. There's this Russian novel from uh, like 1932, maybe even earlier. It translates to Wii, and okay. it's really, really... Right, I've read this. That's uh, Yevgeny Zemlyatin. Yeah. Yeah, that got, you know, that was like 100 years ago, but they got a lot of... Uh, it, it feels oddly sort of prescient in a way that maybe Brave New World or 1984 doesn't necessarily, because we're not completely there yet. It's sort of the, uh, yeah, sort of the... the bottom line is it's like 1984 but it's like 50 years or something like that before 1984 was written and uh Yevgeny uh had to let's see he wrote it i think in french he did not write it in russian because uh, he knew S stalin wouldn't be too happy about it so he wrote it in a foreign language but then somebody in russia helpfully i'm saying this in quotes helpfully translated it back to russian and then uh, uh i can't recall right now if that was specifically why he got in trouble with stalin or for some other matters as well yeah yeah the French, I mean, the Russian upper class often convert, uh, conversationally spoken French. I read, uh, I finally sat down and read War and Peace start to finish oh, nice. over the summer. I haven't read that yet. And it's a wild ride. I recommend it to everybody. It, it'll, you know, depending on how much reading time you have, it would, it takes a while, but there's a lot of it written in French and. Ian tells us how to connect. My website is the best at ianthomasmullen.com. I update that a few times a week with usually with my movie and TV reviews that are linked to Rotten Tomatoes. And then Twitter is where I spend most of my time making announcements. My handle is ianthomasmullen. My books are on Amazon. Twitter is the best place where I announce any anything worthwhile. And I, I talk a lot about Star Trek. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to Check the website for new shows. Get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in, playing sci-fi thoughts, or you'll be out there jogging, or you'll be doing whatever you want to do and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming. You can find instructions on lancerkind.com. Ian shares copious knowledge in chapter two of Exploring Star Trek Voyager, an academic book about the series from McFarland Press. Tap on the link in the show notes to jump right there to Amazon. Next episode, Ian Thomas tells us about her publications. The image of that uh, movie, Santa Almost Fire, keeps coming into my head.
the uh, awkward stage where I, I always kind of joke now about how I have finally gotten to the point in my life where I would rather be in bed watching TV and on a Saturday night than at a bar at like 1.30 in the morning. 